Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I used to play a lot of Cricks. And I am Potter, and I need a group for Hogger. <laughs> oh god, is it a level 1 uh, 40-man raid? No, no, no. Uh, it only is if you're bringing nothing but gnomes. Well, well yeah, I mean, that's that's the only way to do Hogger, I thought. Think... Is, that, is that not it anymore? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Um, when I killed him, when Classic relaunched, uh, it was a group of maybe two paladins, a mage, and a priest. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, don't people raid Hogger? I mean, that was the best thing ever. Yeah, I never actually got to participate in the uh, the raids on Hogger, so... Yeah. Well, you, you missed out, because there's nothing like 40 naked gnomes attacking a yeah. kobold in the middle of the forest yeah yeah so cool so what are we talking yeah. about today uh well we're gonna skip hobby progress because yeah it's been uh, so long out, since we've talked yeah <laughs> out there in radio land what you don't know is that we are only about 20 minutes removed from recording the last episode because we're recording two tonight because we're getting ahead in the world because i had to go off and take a vacation yeah you jerk i know I'm jealous i was just I was uh, between episodes. I was downstairs talking to Aubrey, and she's watching Tim Tracker and whining about wanting to go to Disney World. So I told her to plan a trip. Oh, stop! Stop following the people that I follow for Disney. But Tim Tracker's awesome. I know. He's he's my spirit animal. He's your spirit animal. He's my spirit animal. I didn't <laughs> know that. Okay. No, I, I I enjoy watching their videos. They do a good job. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're probably some of the best vlogs out there. I I follow them and I follow what's his name on Mickey Views, Braden. Um, I don't. I, Tim Tracker. Yeah, that's it for me. Disney food blog, cause gotta have the food. So in case you don't know, we're all Disney nerds. All three <laughs> of us are Disney nerds, hardcore. And that was that was something that I guess we didn't necessarily know when we started the podcast. We didn't. It was something that um, I think we figured out when you and Chops went to Disney last year, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Organize that real quick. Um, but yeah. So we also like playing games. A little bit. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Uh, and, and today we're going we're gonna to talk about a game. The game that actually brought Chris and I together as friends. Ooh, it's a love story. It's a love-hate story. It is. I think. It is. But it's still better than Twilight. Yes. I do it for the, yes, I it do is. it for the memes. Is that what it is? Yeah, you've never seen the uh, better love story than Twilight meme? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I do. I just didn't know you only did it for I the memes. I only do it for the memes. That's why okay. I'm in podcasting. Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, then maybe we should just have a meme segment on this show from now on. <laughs> Yeah, that's good radio. <laughs> yeah, hey, we'll just just read memes. But yeah, so so we're gonna talk War Machine a little bit here, because that game brought Chris and I together as friends, mm -hmm. um, or at least introduced us to each other, and then we just kind of, in spite of that, became friends. Correct. And so it's something that neither I I guess I've put my hands on it far more recently than you have. Yes, very much I did, so. I, mm -hmm. I did play a battle box game in the Journeyman League that is currently going on. I think you were even you got your hands on it even earlier than that that I didn't do too because I think you and was it Justin played a pretty quick game back when Chops was really looking at buying that Retribution army, and I ended up getting that Legion army for free. 
I think you got a game in with. It was either. I think it was I played, Justin. I played a game with Justin last summer, and yeah. then I played a game with uh, Jim sometime. I think in the fall, and then I just played another game with Jim uh, recently. Yeah. So see, I have not touched War Machine since the launch event for Third Edition. Okay. So, so so it's it's been a, been quite a while for me, quite a while. So that actually uh, leads me into one of the first things that I I was curious about. Why did you stop playing War Machine? Um, a lot of why I stopped playing War Machine is because when I moved down here to North Carolina, I realized what kind of player I was, uh, okay. and I was not a fan of it. I mostly brought to my attention by you um <laughs> i uh because you know so coming down you know coming from a very highly competitive meta that the, the dc metro area has um you know came down here and didn't realize like how casual this area was um but it was in the point where i got here and everybody kept talking about this this guy in the in the local area and how he was such a fantastic player and all this other stuff and like so i assumed wrongly of course that this area had such a like a really competitive meta um after playing a few games realized that there was one store that was competitive um and then there was another store that was very casual casual store was closer to me tried to get in playing at the competitive store and found that it was very clicky um i don't like clicky areas i don't like clicky stores so did not play there uh it was very hard for me to get in so had to curb myself playing that more casual side and i think that was like i just realized like i, I don't i don't like myself when i play <laughs> this game i'm an asshole uh okay so that was one of the main reasons. Uh, the other reason really was was third edition. Uh, launch of third edition, even though my faction came out very strong in the beginning of third edition, uh, I saw a lot of sales tactics that Privateer Press was doing that was very reminiscent of the early 90s GW. Um, okay. And it, or, or in mid-90s GW, kind of that time frame. And, you know, moving to where... Uh, focusing on putting out a lot of books and moving everything into these single, you know, issue books, and you know, making you spend a lot of extra money outside of the models and the game. Um, and I didn't like that tactic. I didn't like uh, when GW did it. I don't like when current when GW is currently doing it. I don't like that Private Press has adopted that tactic. Um, I also was very upset about the launch of the new War Room app. Uh, because I invested a lot of money into the War Room app, but I did not go to the point where I bought the all-in uh, purchase. So, mm -hmm. you know, it just felt skeezy and scummy to me that they're like, okay, here's this app that you spent money on. Well, we're going to rebuild it, and but none of your stuff's going to transfer over. You're going to have to rebuy everything you bought. Yes, now, granted, at a discount because of the fact that I did own it before. They did give me a discount, but... It just I was like, why? This it's the same stuff. Just just transfer your database over to your new app. Like it, it didn't make sense to me why I had to repurchase that. So again, it felt like a scummy business practice. And there's probably a practical reason from an IT perspective of why they did it. I just don't know. Um, so that kind of burnt me a little bit as well too. Uh, I do think that third edition, from a core mechanics gameplay. Uh, probably one of the best editions of war machine 
it just launched unfinished and it left a mm-hmm. bad taste in my mouth and I've struggled getting back into it because I'm afraid if I start playing it again of what's going to happen with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it's been one of these things I'm like, I want to. Uh, I've got a full Legion army thanks to um, you know my, my friend Kevin uh, from mm-hmm. Advanced Maneuvers. Uh, he was so graciously donated me his Legion army. Um, so and then you know I picked some stuff up from a friend here, which um, you know I'm, I'm very happy happy to have a Legion army again. I love that army, uh, but I also feel like I'm so behind now at this point in time. Like I'm, I'm I would go into the game very lost and not knowing what's going on, so I wouldn't know where to start. That's a lot. I've rambled a lot. No, but that's that's good. Though. Like you, you actually answered a lot of the questions I was going. So this to show's ask. over with. So so thanks for listening. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, that's good though. But the you know the, I think uh, I I think you hit on some some good points because at least for me, uh, I I fully agree with you on the horrific launch of third edition of the game. You know, I I constantly say they Final Fantasy fourteen it. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it from everything I hear. It's in a fantastic place right now, um, which Final Fantasy fourteen fantastic place right now. I think it's a great analogy. From from my experience with jumping back in and and very very casual, you know nothing nothing serious, not even regular games. Uh, I mean, it's surprising to me how easy it was to get back in the groove. Right, I thought it was going to be a pain in the butt because I've moved on. But it's it's very much like riding a bike. Like it it felt very familiar, very good, very comfortable. Um, I did not expect that. No, that's, I mean, and I'm glad that it's that it's it's that way because like you know it's War Machine is always going to be like for me like that's 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 that that game that just like I think elevated tabletop gaming for me. So mm-hmm. it's it's always going to have that special place in my heart. So like I'm glad to hear that it's it's doing so well. You know, because I think Privateer Press is a great company. I mean, I think they're one of the the few companies that, in the past 10, 15 years, that has really made GW sweat. Um, right. You know, for and, and you know, X Wing is I think is an. I don't think X Wing can compete, even though it's been the, you know, for a long time the largest miniatures game out there. But you know, when we're looking at things that are unpainted, unbuilt, that have those kind of like same kind of mechanics that are similar to each other, um, you know, it's 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 good they you know they they help you know keep that giant in check and i i like that for the little guy um you know i've gotten a chance to meet a lot of the guys uh you know that work for me you know, i've 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 had lunch with that burlow you know i i've sat down and shot the shit with uh will schick um you know and a couple of these guys uh i've uh, god i can't remember the um the guy that used to do their press ganger program uh hungerford you know got mm-hmm. to got to meet him a couple times you know so i've, I've met these guys and they're, they're fantastic guys they're very passionate about what they're doing and I, and I think they're just in a point right now where they're struggling as a company to figure out like because they are getting bigger um they're you know it's like okay now how do we keep that more of that small company feel as well as you know growing at the same time and i, I just think they're just having some growing pain so i, I think I think where they're at right now, I think they're much better uh, off than what they were at the edition. I don't see as many of these kind of scummy business practices. 
that that I saw at the beginning of third edition. I think things are a little bit better placed. They've moved everything to more of a digital focus. So now with them being so digital digitized, you know, it's it's easier for you to be like, oh, pick and choose the things that you want, and it doesn't feel like forced. Like if I want to play this, I have to buy this. Whereas I felt in the beginning of third, it felt like that. Yeah, and and I think one of the good things they did was doing away with book releases. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. I mean, I, and I know like it was more than just the rules, but it was you know also fluff and all that stuff. But it it definitely ends up locking companies into a release schedule, right? So right. even if something's not fully tested and you put it in that book, then it's done. Right, and then and then they constantly had also had the issue of, okay, but we got to go through the sculpting process, and then got to make sure the sculpt is good, and then got to produce it, and then get it out. And mm-hmm. so then there were some times where things were in a book that came out a year ago and still were not in players' hands. Uh, the Retribution Colossal, um, I think is no, it wasn't the Colossal. I think it was. Yeah, it was their one of their colossals because it, it was uh, their first advent where they're going to start messing with the um, hard plastics, and mm-hmm. that was uh, no, it was convergence. Sorry, it was convergence. Not uh, so they were getting one of the very first hard plastic models that they uh, were getting, and that was very kind of same thing. You know, they announced it, they put the art out, they put the rules for it, but no one could play it. You know, because the model didn't exist because they announced it too early because they were going into this figuring out how to transition from you know the resin plastic hybrid and into the hard plastics and it as far as i know it just really didn't pan out for them but yeah you people had models that you just couldn't play for forever in a tournament setting right right exactly and and especially something like that where it's a limited faction Mm -hmm. and there's only so many models anyway and then something important like a colossal isn't out Right, so I mean that puts you in a situation where then people are going to get a bit grumpy. Yeah, and I, I think I got a little. I mean, you just hit on something where something wasn't where you said that something as important as a colossal. I I think colossals, as much as I love them, I, I love Stormwall, I love Hurricane. They're great models for Signar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and in all the factions, their their colossals for the most part are, are amazing mo- looking models. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But well I, I I don't like how it felt like. It got to the point where, like, I had to take Colossals. Um, well, that, the... that's good. That's because you played uh, Signar. True. I mean, that's and that's fair. But like, even with you know, I think outside of maybe uh, most hordes factions, with the exception of Trolls, and maybe Menoff, most people in the area that I was playing with play with their Colossals. You know, most troll players were playing with Mountain King because at the time it was one of the very few ways to make trolls viable. Right. Um, and then, um, so like, but I think every other Horde's army was not taking their Colossals or Gargantuans, whatever you want to call them. And I think pretty much everybody but Menoth was taking their Colossals. Because Cotter definitely was, Crix was, Signar definitely was. Retribution, maybe not. I'm not. I can't remember. But we didn't have a lot of ret players in my meta, so. Right. But I mean, but it, yeah, it, it felt like it, you had to, and it, it felt like this. It, you know, when I started playing War Machine, back in oh god, um, geez, you know, Hordes wasn't even out yet. I think we just got to the third expansion book. Um. So, but like when I played, you know, a game was a caster, two, three jacks. A solo 
in a unit, maybe two. And that was a game. That was like a tournament game. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing the bloat, and, and it was always, and you would get wrapped up in the, the ADD of like the books would come out, and there'd be all these new cool models, and you would want to get them, and people would keep buying them. And of course, like then you wanted to play your models, and then legendary models came out. Or epic models came out, and they increased the game size again because, like, you could only play epic models in first edition if you played. I think it was 650, 750. I think that was the point range around there. Your point size had to be higher than that to play right. epic models. Well, of course, everybody's going to play that because they want to play their epic models. Well, and 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 even with with before colossals, at least at least around here, before those came out, a lot of people were playing 35 point games. And then once Colossals came out, you never saw anything but fifty. Right, and and that's where and that's where we were at. Like we were constantly always playing fifty point games. You know, especially when Colossals came out. I mean, I, I one point in time, I think I went to a tournament, and it was in second. It was at the very end of second edition, and I walked into a tournament with, and this was a pure like, meme list, but it was it was strike it was striker one, with two storm walls. And in oh. a journeyman warcaster, because on feet turn I could crank the storm walls up to like armor twenty five, or mm-hmm. something like that, because I think they were like armor eighteen for armor eighteen base, then the plus three for the arcane shield, putting them at twenty one, and then striker gave like plus four plus five to armor. So like, that's insane. Yeah, it was just like one turn I turtled, and it was like good luck cracking the armor. Right, and then you could still hit back. Yeah, I mean, I lost. I lost the game because it was a one-trick pony, and again, right. like, like I said, I, I I knew completely. But it, it again, it just it went into this realm of like just seeing the game expand beyond where it was, and it it just was one of those things like I I wish the game well, I want the game to succeed, but where it went, and I and I don't know if this is still the same way where you know the the game feels like it's being forced at those higher levels. I know they've. They've done some stuff to make it so you take more jacks to give you free models, but you know well, I, I kind of miss the old smaller games. Well, let's 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 talk about that for a moment because that's a that's a major mechanic change to mm-hmm. third edition is powering up jacks. Right. Right. So in in third edition, every jack in the control range of your caster gets a free focus at the beginning of your turn. Right. Right, which is huge um, because it frees up so much of your resources from your caster. Uh, and the counter to that is that dead beasts give your your warlock a fury at the beginning of the turn. Right, so this way, instead of warlocks just getting totally crappy as the game goes on, and warcasters just getting stronger as the game goes on, it kind of balances that out. Okay. Right, so that's that's a pretty huge change to to the way the game plays. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, which which allows you to better take uh, more warjacks, right? And then they've also upped the number of warjack points, mm-hmm. right? Because what in second edition you get what seven eight warjack points? Yeah, it was very small. It was never enough to the point where it was like one whole jack unless it was like a super small light war jack well it was it was what either like a, a i mean i think you could get either a, a pretty decent light jack or a pretty crappy heavy jack yeah right seven eight points because i think i think at that point uh maybe eight nine points for most of your uh 
Warjax? Uh, if I remember correctly, it, it yeah. I mean, you, obviously, you're more bigger, badder guys. They were a little bit, you know, beefier and more expensive. Um, I'm trying to remember. I I can't remember the exact point cost for a lot of them anymore these days. I used to have a bunch of cards sitting here next to me on my desk, but I moved them, so I can't even look. But yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I, I think if you were ten, you were probably pushing pretty high. Yeah, I think you're right. So so really, it was it was like just under a, a jack. But now, your war jack points. I mean, they're quite significant from what I remember at the beginning. Yeah. So basically, you're at like twenty seven. I think is pretty much the number that you usually see on casters. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, that's and that's quite a bit. It is because. I believe with Cricks, like your Slayer's ten points, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, so I mean you're getting two two free heavies and maybe a light. Right. So there's a lot more I mean basically basically what you see in a bottle box is a zero point game. Okay. Right, so so that's the way the battle boxes are designed to be, is to be a zero point game. It's and see I like that better because like again, the game is called War Machine. Right. You play with war machines like it's you know and i know that's where it gets it you know the the joke is it's called infantry machine you know because you know you you know and at a point in time like i remember with my my siege army you know who is this big bad you know guy with a big giant missile launcher in the background he's all about you know blowing things up and 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 destroying you know siege defenses and Mm -hmm. you know i'm running him with one like heavy jack and him and the rest of my army is infantry and solos. Right. And that's, you know, you're playing 50-point games, which is the equivalent of probably of a 750-point game from first edition. So, you know, it's... I was running gun mages. I was running boom howlers. I was running trenchers. I was running, you know, five, you know, uh, and a Holt, which is another infantry unit, but yeah, a character unit, but it's still an infantry unit. And a couple mm-hmm. of solos, and I've got one jack. Like, the game's right. called War Machine. I want more War Machines. And and I I did that too, uh, a good bit was running minimal jacks. Oh, Crix was very famous for it because I mean, especially if you're playing like uh, you know Denegra or uh, not Denegra, uh, uh, Asphyxius, you know you know, thrall yep. spam, you yep. know, that you that's all you took is you maybe had a canker worm, just right. because well, it's your it's your jack, so you took your jack, and then everything else was thralls. Bains. But and but and you're right though, even with Denegra. You would bring a couple chickens because they're arc nodes. Yep, and that was it. Like you brought yep. arc nodes, and then everything else was infantry. Uh, with uh, what's her name, uh, the sea witch, the pirate. Yep. Um, yep. But she, all you brought with her was your Satixis raiders. Yep. And that was, and and I guess that you know was one of the issues is that you know you're 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 creating a game with with limited resources, and you know you're you're centerpiece models for the game are majorly affected by that resource control so your best way to control those resources is to not have to worry about right uh it's it's an unfortunate side effect of the game design and i guess they tried to change it a little bit with the warjack points in second edition uh but i guess they realized they didn't push it quite far enough but you know the the challenge that then they did was themeless yeah, I mean, those are something that, again, like again, another kind of love hate thing. Uh, I love the fact that, like, so if you're a new player, I think it's a fantastic idea. 
uh, because of the fact that it really gives you a guideline on what to get, what to build, and what synergizes well. Um, and yes. yes, and it still gives you enough options within in within itself to to be a little bit more customization. Like you know, there's there's less uh, massively free overpowered models. Uh, from what I understand, because I've I've understand that they've toned down it so where it was like before when third edition came out and the theme list really started, it was more like okay, cool. If you get all you build the theme, you're gonna get this really cool free solo like uh say correct so you get Bane Lord Tor- Bane Lord Tartarus for free. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas mm-hmm. now it's not so much you're getting Bane Lord Tartarus for free, you're just getting them at a discount, which I feel is a little bit better because you're still getting a benefit and you're getting to bring this model, but at the same time you're not you're not getting something that's so overpowered. For free. Well, it's it's not. He's still technically free, depending on on what theme list you're bringing. Um, but they're limiting the number of free models you can get. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. So so in when when third edition first launched, and this is part of it being an incomplete game launch, is that when they launched the game, there were no theme lists in Correct. the game, right? However, apparently in, in their wise decision-making, they wanted people to play in theme for the reason that you said, is that as the game gets bigger and new people are coming in, it's easier to understand the theme. It's almost like a sub-faction, right? It's breaking it mm-hmm. down into sub-factions, kind of like what Weird's doing with keywords. Correct. So from the very beginning, that was the intention, was that third edition is going to be themeless. But then they launch with no theme list. Right, and then you do you you change your army designs and the way that you with the way that they change things from second edition, third edition for where the armies worked and how they buffed themselves and, and their synergy that they had were designed around these upcoming theme lists. So right. certain factions, scorn, felt completely useless. Correct. And and part of the challenge was at that point they were still deciding that they were going to do books. Correct. Right? For, for, for all the armies. Mm-hmm. And those theme lists were first shown in the books. Correct. This, this one round of books that they ended up doing before they're like, oh, people are right. This is a terrible idea. Yeah. And, and they, only re- they only released one book a month. Yeah. And that was another thing. So that was another downside is that they didn't release them all together for the entire game wide right why they didn't do that i don't know but that was a bad decision because then you had signar got the first book and for however long until the next book came out they dominated the meta hard well it's it's easy when you suddenly have 25 extra points well yeah and you have your tools like you're going it. You're going in to do a job, and you need a jackhammer for it. And you've seen everybody else is looking out there with a the little chisel. You know, you're the one person there with the jackhammer. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly exactly what happened, Chris. Is that this was incomplete. You know, these theme lists weren't thought out ahead of time for whatever reason, despite the fact that they were going to be a major part of how the game plays. And that, I mean, realistically, and and here's where we're, I guess we're kind of I'm kind of going with this is that was my biggest turnoff. Uh, with third edition was that all this stuff was was so incomplete and it felt that way right so then so then as these as these games are coming out and you have people like signar who are suddenly having access because if if you built your list right you could maximize the number of free models that Mm -hmm. you got 
And there was a lot in the beginning. Yeah. The beginning of third edition, the amount of free models you got was ridiculous. Right. And so, so now what they were smart enough to do, and I, and I think this is kind of to Privateer Press's credit in general for third edition, is that they they are are doing a good job of of looking at what doesn't work and coming up with a good solution to it. So now, depending on your points level, depend changes how many free models you have access to yeah and i i will say so like you touched on a point there like what i uh, one of the things i wanted to look at was you know the itc uh format that they're doing Mm -hmm. um and i I think that's what they're calling it uh where you know where they're going through and instead of looking as a faction as a whole you know they're going the cid cid thank you the cid they're 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 looking they're going in with a scalpel which I think mm-hmm. is a little bit better of a, of a way of doing it because you're not overhauling the entire game every time you're bringing out new models, every mm-hmm. time you bring out a new expansion, or every time you bring in a new uh, army. Like you're going in, and you're going, All right, how is everything working? Okay, these are these aren't working. Going in with a scalpel and and fixing those small things that aren't working instead of overhauling the whole system. And I think it's a better way of keeping your game balanced because you you don't have to just redo everything at the exact same time you you focus on the things that you are reported that aren't working that you're seeing that aren't you know performing well in the tournaments and the metas and you go and you fix it instead of just overhauling your whole system and that makes it a where you may not have to have a fourth edition for years to come right exactly especially with how good their core set is their core rules are just you know it's and it's it's in a really good spot i will always give uh, third edition War Machine. To that credit, I, I always felt, with the I, with the exception of the tough rules to the changes to tough, I feel that the core rules for third edition were very good. I thought it was a good enhancement of where things were at with second edition. The same way I felt second edition was a great enhancement for first edition. Um, you know, it, it nothing was drastically different. It was the, still the same core game. Mm-hmm. You got some quality of life changes. You got some changes to making things like uh, warlocks a little bit more competitive with uh, casters from War Machine. There were some good changes. Tough. I, I will. If there wasn't a whole army designed around tough with the trolls, I would say that the tough rules would have been fine. The changes to it, but because you basically took an entire army shtick and you said meh, which mm-hmm. really wasn't that overpowered to begin with. Right, that that's the one thing that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And so and so and so just to just to make sure uh, myself and everybody else knows what you're talking about. You're talking about the fact that now when you're knocked down, you don't get tough. Correct. Correct. Okay. So right. and, and and again, thematically, it makes sense. It, it really does. But when you again, when you have an entire army, that part of the reason why they're a so expensive or they're designed a certain ways because they have tough and because back in first edition and second edition you got tough when you were knocked down mm-hmm. um you know it 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 kind of hurt when like you lost that because now you lost that staying power when you had so few models on the board to begin with right and i i think the challenge i think i think the built-in you know way of affecting trolls on that was giving trolls a lot of auras that prevent you from being able to be knocked down. Correct. 
which I think, well, which is now there now, which was not there at the beginning of third edition. But the problem, the from from listening to a lot of War Machine talk, one of the problems though is that now what they've ended up creating for the trolls is that they have to stay so close together they can't be effective on any type of scenario where you you need to spread out. And see that hurts. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the reasons why right now trolls are the bottom of the of the heap. I didn't realize they were at the bottom of the pack. Yeah, um, they are they are straight up like awful, basically because of that, and and it's mostly because of the fact that they can't be effective because they're so aura dependent. Right. I mean, they were already or pretty aura dependent to begin with. Right, but now becoming so dependent on uh, not being able to be knocked down. Yeah. So so trolls trolls generally are are considered to be in the worst spot. Yeah. That so that that makes this so sad to me. Uh, trolls have always been one of those. I love the look of trolls. Um, I have bought and sold a trolls army twice now, maybe three times. Oh, wow. Uh, I just, I have a love-hate relationship with them because I love the models. My problem with it is that I want, I don't want to always just play Doom Shaper because, but mm-hmm. unfortunately the only way to really play trolls dire, uh, dire troll heavy is Doom Shaper. And right. that's why I want to play trolls is because I want to play with dire trolls. And right. I, I love the look of them. I, I love everything when they did their redesign with the plastic kits. I, I loved mm-hmm. them. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't like that they are forcing trolls into taking so many light war beasts because I want the big heavies. I want the big griblies, right. and so I, I keep buying them. And I keep selling them because I want them to work a certain way, and they just they just don't. Right. So so let me let me ask you this: What would it take you to go and try out third edition War Machine? I mean, I'm I'm not against it. Of uh, time right now would be a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not but against that, that's impo- it. That's that's that that's an important you know thing to take into account, though, right? It is. I mean, you're you're looking at being heavily into Song of Ice and Fire, uh, among other games as well. But right. you know, that's something to consider. Is is the time? Is it worth the time? I mean, in all honesty, I mean, come over one day and tell us. I gotta we'll just put them on the table and let's go. Okay. I mean, honestly, I mean, because you know, one of the local guys here, the guy that's running the Journeyman League, uh, Justin, um, you know, he did reach out to me. He offered it to me. At the time, it just didn't sound appealing to me. But now, you know, hearing you know the stuff that you've talked about, the stuff that Jim's talked about on the Discord channel, you know, about the the kind of fun that you guys are having and and where the game is at now, uh, it, it's kind of changing my mind to wanting to play. Because I've also got some, I have two guys at work um, that play, you know, tabletop games as well too, and they mm-hmm. were they were heavily into um, War Machine hordes. Uh, my my friend Steve sold his entire fully painted, almost fully painted Menoth army, uh, which oh, wow. which included pretty much almost every single Menoth model, uh, to one of the guys that works with me, and then you know the other guy played was playing Legion. And they were part of the community, the the regrowing community that was happening here in the Raleigh area. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been hearing some negative things coming from them about it and that they've jumped ship as well, too, and have now moved to Age of Sigmar. And they're playing that. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know that I can recommend that choice. Well, yeah, nor, nor, can, <laughs> nor, can, nor can I. Um, 
but you know so like hearing some of those negative things that were kind, it was kind of like being in an echo chamber without uh-huh. really wanting to be in one like i didn't intend to be in an echo chamber about it but it, it kind of just resulted in that way and that nothing against the guys they were just providing me the feedback that they were seeing they weren't trying to be overly negative so so let's 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 run with that for a second because for a long time the war machine community online was awful oh yes I mean, so to the point that Privateer Press shut down their online presence because of how, yeah. just how overly toxic it was. I mean, it was like worse than if they had released The Last Jedi. Oh, God. <laughs> you, had to, you had to go there, didn't you? Yes, I'm not bitter or anything. Um, but you know what I mean? I mean, it was just like such irrational, like, anger and hatred. and It was and, very vitriol. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, mean, I, I stayed... I tried my best to stay primarily just to the painting section of the War Machine Horde section of their website because of just how bad it was. Because it was like every time you put – you would just try something new with a list. And it was like, why are you playing that? That's not the optimal way to play whatever caster. And I was like, dude, I'm, I just, I'm just trying something. Like I thought this right. might be fun. And, and, and we all know that internet group thing kind of limits possibilities it really does um you know, in the same way that it, it limits it limits possibilities it limits the the things that you will try with mm-hmm. lists like uh, net listing to me is, is is a destroyer of of games to, to me because of the fact that you 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 go in you look at like oh the, uh let's we'll take more and we'll look at use a prime war machine example uh, Legion players, they're going to go look at every JVM list because JVM is the premier, or was when I was playing, the the premier Legion player for uh, War Machine Hordes at the time. Every tournament, right. he was always placed in the highest of the Legion list. And so you would go into a store and everyone's running his most current list that he just took to some tournament. And I'm like, yep. you're, not, you're not putting thought into what the game designers put into these other casters these other lists these other models like you're like oh well this guy won i'm like you don't even know if that list is going to fit your play style right exactly and and he might have he might have put it together uh with a uh you know a, a straight up idea that that he's running with that you don't realize is an integral part of the list right right a, a certain certain combination synergy that that you're not necessarily thinking of and if you're not thinking about that type of stuff, you're not getting the most out of the game or what you're playing with. And he may be playing it because of the fact that he's run a million reps with these X models and he's comfortable with them. It may not be the optimal way to run that caster. It, it may be the way that it's optimal for him because he's comfortable with the pieces that he's putting on the board. Right, exactly. And that's a that's a good bit of of thought there i feel like hopefully themeless would fix it somehow even though it's limiting it yeah and see that and that's where it's like it's a double-edged sword to me so like i think it's really good you know so when we brought this up in the beginning of the show i think theme lists are very good for new players uh you know in in the because the old theme lists they had restrictions on and they kept within like you know siege can only take trenchers infantry unit kind of stuff um you know from the old days like it helped yes it helped people people in 
you know, a bailiwick of models that they could choose from. But at the same time, you still had a lot more customization than you do now. Like, whereas now it's like, it's this caster is now designed to only take these models, and I feel like that's limiting. Like, I I don't like that aspect because I if I want to take Thagrosh, uh, and I want to maybe bring uh something that's not Ogren, you know, I I maybe I want to bring you know Legionnaires because I just want to do it. Well, I mean, in theory, now with only having three uh, requisition points, you know, three requisition models, in theory, it's it's more viable than not playing theme. But remember, remember, one of the changes they made to themes is that they're not limited by caster. Right. So it's not like, oh, this is Denegra's theme. Yeah, um, and, and I will say that that is, that is a benefit. But, you know, obviously when you're there's, looking at there, these Yeah, it lists, feels like there's obvious places that a caster should be. Right. And, th- and that's my thing, because, like, you know, and I don't get into these games, the, the narrative games, as much as I really probably should be. Because I, when I do narrative games when they're run by someone else, <laughs> not me, uh, I mm-hmm. always enjoy my time. And, you know, when I get into that, that RP kind of mindset where I'm like, all right, cool, I'm playing, I'm playing, I really want to play Thagrosh. Uh, you know, Thagrosh is the leader of the Legion. He's, he's the general. He's the commander. Mm-hmm. He's the president. He's the guy. Um, you know, so for me, it would be like, it makes sense for me to go... He's going to grab this, he's going to grab this, he's going to grab this, and he's going to grab that because that's what's going to work for this battle. And that's my right. RP brain going in there. But the way that the, these theme lists are, like like you said, there's there's an obvious choice for the casters for these. Like, so, you know, when you're taking the Blighted Ogren theme list for Legion, like, it's obviously going to be Thagrosh. It's obviously going to be uh, potentially uh, the new uh, Ogren Warcaster. I can't remember what her name is. Um, and, and maybe one maybe two other casters but you're not going to bring lilith you're not going to bring rias you're not going to bring Saren. you're not going to bring these these casters into that list and, but it's not that those people don't have a list that they probably shine in as well correct right so i mean it's not that they're just bad it's just maybe that's not their optimal list to be in right and, and that's and there's and there's my point with it like again that's that word optimal optimal right I, it, you know what if I just want to bring something just to play with? And again, I could do it. There's nothing telling me that I can't. But, you know, again, when you read these things, again, it's it's obvious. It's very obvious. They're designed to work with certain people. Like, and I, I, if I want to play Gimped, cool, or whatever to use that word, that's probably a bad word to use. But, you know, I want to be able to feel like I could take these theme lists and not feel like I'm just going to get waffle stomped. You mm-hmm. know, I, I want to be able to take the theme list and still be able to have fun with it and not... Yes, I may be playing at a detriment, but I shouldn't feel like it's such a, a huge detriment because it's not optimal. And that's where I feel like some of the the, the theme list hurt in the mindset as well, too. Well, and I think that's with the changes from Oblivion. I think that is one of the things that they attempted to address. And, and I and I will and I will fully say, uh, you know, uh, that I have not read or seen anything from Oblivion. The only thing that I know of Oblivion is that it was a balance rules change. Uh, that they brought in, and uh, that the Infernals came in with it. Outside of that, I don't know anything else. So PSA there, so please, you know, please take things that I'm saying with a grain of salt. I have very limited knowledge on this, so I could be talking completely out of my asshole on this one. And if I am, I I apologize. And and that's why I wanted to just bring that up, that that I think they're they're addressing some of that, right? Because you're you're not in a situation now where, oh, I'm not playing in theme. He's got 30 extra points of solos. I don't. I'm going to get wrecked. 
Right. And and that's good. And again, that and that right there, again, that scalpel mentality, they saw a problem, they're coming in and fixing that one problem, and they're not bringing in fourth edition to fix that problem. Right. Which is which is good. That's which is, which is I, really good. I'm fully behind what they're doing. At first, I thought this whole CID thing was was dumb and was stupid, and a lot of it was because I was misinformed and I didn't have a lot of the knowledge because all I saw was the forums go away, and then there's the CID thing, you know. But again, I had been out of the game for so long, I didn't understand the history behind it. I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge. Now that I'm informed on it, I think the CID is fantastic. I love the idea. Uh, it's been, you know, they've had some duds. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. There's been some mm-hmm. duds. But I think overall it's successful. Yep. Here's here's my thing though, and this this actually goes back to I was I was going to bring this up a while back when we started talking about the unfortunate toxicity of the community for a while. And I mean, there's some some people like Chain Attack set up a, a Facebook group specifically that's like, hey, we're positive War Machine players, right? Um, which is awesome. Kudos to them for for just doing that and. Uh, on their podcast every week, they nominate somebody in different categories who have been doing positive things for the community, and and um, you know, like Jay will give them fifty bucks to use at at discount games, and occasionally they give away a Drakodile. <sighs> yeah, which is which is pretty pretty. That's, a, that's an expensive model. <laughs> it is, it is, and and they they give it away like I, I think once every quarter the the Drakodile Spirit Award comes up, um, and and they just give one away it's pretty awesome that's really awesome Um, but i also think it's sad that that even had to come around to exist sadly yes it is but you know at the same time it's you can go in there and you can see wonderful things that people are doing and and hearing and actually i think one of the last episodes somebody down in fayetteville won one community helper award or whatever for for going and and getting people into the game in in Fayetteville and and running tournaments and being a good sport about them. That's awesome. Yeah, it kind of made me want to go, huh, maybe I should go check that out. Um, Where the hell was I going with that? The toxic community. The toxic Toxic community. Right, I I remember where I was going. So I think, and and actually it also goes back to your idea of an echo chamber. And I think there's a lot of uh, there's some negative negative echo chambering happening around the CID um, in the natural course of gaming. You know where something comes out and nobody knows how to deal with it, so it's all powerful. Right. Right. And then eventually, as people play against it, they figure out ways to handle it. Yeah. So I, 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 I feel hate, I feel I hate like, that people get like that. And I feel like one of the problems right now that War Machine is dealing with is that. They've gone through enough of these these uh, CID processes where something comes out and it seems to be amazing. Right. So everybody jumps on it because that's the advantage is people don't know how to deal with this. So you get people jumping to the next thing. So it always seems like the next thing is super crazy. And then you hear, oh, this is like GW Power Creep. They just want me to buy the newest thing. Well... I don't think that's it. I think it's more likely that people don't know how to deal with it and haven't given themselves the time to learn to play against it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's quick to jump on the new thing because it's like, oh, it's overpowered. Nobody can beat it, so I'm going to jump on it and grab it and go, and then everybody complains. Yeah, it's it's it, GW, GW uh, metas have that same mentality around it, you know, where you're always you're, you're chasing the meta. You know, you're, you're chasing the next big thing. You know, the thing that's... Because right. you, you're... Sad to say, a win at all costs. Now, 
did privacy press maybe put themselves in their own their own corner on that because of the fact that they've designed war machine to be a competitive game it has always been designed to be a competitive game it was yes you could play it casually but mm-hmm. the optimal way again there's that word to play war machine mm-hmm. is competitively so correct did they write themselves in their own corner on that one with designing their game that way and attracting that attitude correct yeah and, and bringing those kind of people where you know again I was one of those people. I was hyper competitive. We would, my buddies and I, we would get there as the store opens. We would leave at midnight. We would play two, three games. We we're always slamming each other, but it was, and it, and it worked with our group because it was, we were friends. We've been friends for so long. That's how we played against each other. It was always like, take the gloves off, take the gloves off. Let's, let, I need to fix this list for the next tournament. We were always tournament prepping. You know, right. it, and, and, but it helps when your community knows what you're getting into. Right. And then coming right? down here, I was like a pariah because I had that mindset. And like you've even said, like you and I did not get along immediately because of me being kind of in that mindset and heckling people for taking certain substandard things. (laughs) Right. At least what I thought was substandard. Or or even just being like, well, why would you do that? You schmuck, you know, like (laughs) exactly, which was, which was a dick move of me. But again, I, I didn't realize I had become that when it all costs kind of person. And right. You know, and again, it wasn't a negative thing where I was at because that's how everybody was. So I was on the level with everybody. But when you're right. going into these other communities and these other metas and you're 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 exposed to them where like the Raleigh community wasn't a super competitive. We had very good players when I first got here. Very good players. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that we didn't, uh, but it just wasn't hyper competitive where what right. I was used to. Right. Like the Malifaux community is. Yes. And I think that's one of my struggles with getting back into Malifaux as well, too, is because we have, as Chops has pointed out many times, we have one of the best metas in the nation for Malifaux. Yeah. And so it's yep. like it's hard for me to go like, I want to play a casual game and I'm going to be fun and you know bring this dumb list that's not going to work. And then I get waffle stomped or, or I have to deal with somebody's attitude of win at all costs. And I'm like, screw you, I don't want to play. Yeah, you got to find the right player. Right. That's the then that's the challenge is that, but that that kind of attitude goes away when you have everybody, uh, at the same time trying to compete. Yes. And, and and it builds on itself, right? It does, and it can build a really good community, but at the same time, it can build a cliquish, uh, uninviting community. Right, and that's and that's part of the challenge on that. And I think and I think that's the challenge that War Machine had is overall with when we let bring it bring this back full circle to the internet and the forums and that like I feel like overall since the game was set at that such high competitive play where you know that's what Privateer Press was promoting that's what they were doing you know because they've always had a big presence at these tournaments and to the point mm-hmm. where like you know the Iron Gauntlet they've created this super invitational style competitive circuit. Um, and again, that's what their game's designed on. That's what they do, and like, and it's good, and I'm I'm okay with it. But it creates a toxic community because everybody's looking at the like the what what's what's uh, power, what's optimal, you know, what's substandard, and they're going, don't take this, take this, don't take that, take this, take this, and you know, at this point, like now you're left with models that you don't play, and like, but these freaking look cool, and I just want to play with them. I don't want to be ostracized or made fun of because I'm playing trencher commandos. Right. Right, or just having your ass handed to you every time. Right, that's not fun yeah. either. No, 
No, and and War Machine does have a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah, it it, uh, it well to master. Yes, it's it's easy to learn, hard to master. Right. Its its core rules are very simple to learn, and, and I will say that it is a very hard game to master. It it took me playing through Cador Signar or Cador Signar War uh circle and Menoth to learn like where my shtick was and learn the game really. So I went through a lot of armies to to master the game. And I and I, and I really wasn't even that big of a master. I was right. I was decent for my area. You know, I, I held my own, but I was nowhere near to like some of the guys in my area that were very top tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I mean that's a that's a testament to the game, right? Yeah. That it's it's I can pick it up, I can netlist and I can win just on by existing right so let me ask you this and this is uh, well maybe not let me ask you this but let me let me present this idea to you so part of oblivion is that there is a campaign system Mm -hmm. can i convince you to play through an oblivion campaign uh how many how many gaming days are we talking i don't know i don't (laughs) have the book i'd have to look but i think it would be an interesting way to just kind of explore this because you know, it is a competitive-based game, right? But they've always put out narrative stuff that's yeah. been really—it's been really good. And, and I will say, some of their their narrative is some of the best in the industry, in my personal opinion. Like um, some of the stories that they've written have been fantastic. Their their take on uh, the Dirty Dozen uh, with a book that they wrote out with Signar—such uh, a fantastic book. Uh, Butcher as a character, one of one of the people that like I thought would never have one like one of the most engaging stories in their lore. He he does, and it's yeah. it's fantastic. But I'm and I'm not even talking about just the straight up story, but I'm talking about the scenarios that they tend to create oh, for their narratives. Yeah, their scenarios are some of the best in the in the industry, and they go they go unnoticed. Yeah, because everybody's so hung up on Steamroll. Yeah. Right, so I, I, I think I think that we could maybe find some fun in in playing through some of this uh, campaign. You know, like you were, you were talking about in the last episode about saying that you wanted to cycle through games. Right. Right. So, like, if we put okay, then you know, third week of every month we're gonna do War Machine and we're gonna play through this campaign. Uh... Might take a while, but might be fun. Let's do it. I'm on board. Okay. Okay. I'll, cool. I will crack the legion out, and uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm on. I'm on board. Here, here, right. here. Here's one thing. I I'm going to put uh-huh. a caveat on this. Okay. I would like at least one of those campaign weeks. You got to get me a Susan sighting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we we can do that. <laughs> we can do that. We will make sure that that happens. There's my caveat. That's how I'm playing. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so we will we will do an Oblivion campaign, and we will report back to our listeners. This should be fun. as we do that. This should be yeah, fun. Just we can just do do some updates and be like, hey, how did we feel about being away from War Machine and then coming back and playing the more casual narrative side of it? I'm on board. All right, cool. Maybe yeah, yeah, perfect. And and it, I believe the campaign works as as a two player as well. Okay. Supposed to supposed to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. Is like, is there you know how many minimum players do we need for it to to work? No, we I, just you and I can do it. I believe. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, and then it's like, okay, well, if, you know, you play this scenario, and then depending on who won, it changes your scenario and, and stuff like that. So it uh, should be interesting. I am on excited. board. I like it. All right, good. Good. All right. Well, then uh, that was a that was a good chat about War Machine. So yeah. let's uh, let let's wrap this guy up. Uh, final thoughts, Chris. Uh, I am a lot more hopeful about playing the game than I was coming into this conversation. Well, good. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that you are excited because I discovered that the game's still fun. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was always still going to be fun. It was just more along the lines: Am I going to hate myself when I start playing? <laughs> well that's and that's why i was re- recommending the oblivion side and that should that right? should the, work the narrative side of it yeah, yeah so this way it's keeping you out of the steamroller mindset right which should be good um, yeah all right well thanks for for listening to this two-man episode i don't think we ever said what happened to chops but he's okay yeah he's fine <laughs> he just he just had to deal with some stuff he's okay yeah 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 he's he he <laughs> we're it's actually really late right now so and he has a little kid so yeah that's 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 yeah he's not like no more car accidents or anything like that so but follow us on facebook twitter instagram that's all at three men in a war game thank you to our patrons if you want to become a patreon patreon supporter patreon.com slash three men in a war game a thank you to static is the city for the awesome music that you get to hear every week they are on spotify go there listen to them and uh i think that's it right Yep, I think you covered it all. Oh, Discord. Oh, Come hang out on yep. our Discord. While we were recording this, somebody somebody new joined our Discord. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that's awesome. Discord. The link will be in the description. <laughs> and then I guess somewhere I'll find an old episode and cut in Chopped going, bye! Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, who's doing the bye? <laughs> yeah. Bye!